Welcome to Susquehanna High Valley Church Podcast. My name is Matt Saxinger. I serve here as head pastor. Uh, we want to help you think about stuff you need to think about, help you talk about stuff you need to talk about. If this is your first time listening to our podcast, so glad that you're joining us. want to invite you to check out some of the other things that we've been touching on previous episodes. Today, we've got back with us our very own Connor Mays. I'm back, y'all. <laughs> that's that's what they've been waiting for. I know. Yeah. You, I've been getting so many messages about where's Connor? We want him back. Yeah, you know, definitely people are hitting up, you know, us like crazy, just wondering where Connor Mays is. And yeah, I was out exploring. Yeah. Well, it's good to have you back. Yeah, and, I'm glad uh, to be back. So, right. what are we talking about today? Yeah, today we are talking about um, really kind of the central heart of what the church is is about with. You know, being a people that reach people. We want to grow closer to Christ, but we also want to reach people for Christ. And, and so if you're just checking in and, and you're just like, you're not even sure about, uh, about who Jesus is or, you know, why he matters at all, like we we want to be a church that uh, that helps people to find out who God is. And, and so as we find God, there's this enjoyment of him, and we want others to be able to experience that as well. Yeah, what Matt is talking about, we want to be a church um, – the, the global church, the big C church, like we like to say, um, that just shares the gospel that wants his name to be known and glorified. Um, and we have our own kind of vision of what that looks like. And, you know, Matt and I are actually pretty new here at this church relatively for um, for the lifespan of churches. We've only been here. I've been here for two years and Matt's only been here for about a year and a half. Yeah, I was hired after you. I yeah. Mean, you know, it would have been a different story. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah, probably. Um, no, actually, we're blessed to have you. <laughs> yeah, we. so we've been trying to see what our culture um, in Central PA um, has been kind of sharing with us and what the need is here for the gospel. And so we've been trying to figure out, man, what is our place in the kingdom? And Matt, if you want to kind of touch on some of the things that you've noticed or things that you feel like our church does really well and, and what we see moving forward. Yeah, I, I think there's a big need in our society for Christ. If you if you look, we're at an interesting place in history where we've got people who just like unashamedly stand up and say, God's not real. He's not there. And you're, you're an idiot if you believe that. And, and how could you? Um, and yet then you look around and there's people who are just like searching for something, anything to fill a void in life. And you've got record highs of, of overdoses and, um, you know, just the opioid ec- epidemic, which is just, it's insane how mm-hmm. many people are, are hurting and broken. And I'm going like, hey, does anybody see like a connection between these two? Like we're saying God doesn't exist. We don't need him. He's not right here. But yeah, as we say that, the louder we say that, the more and more people we see whose lives are just falling apart. Gosh, I see it so much. Um and I've talked to, about this before, but working with uh, teenagers and what we're calling Generation Z, you see um, just such interesting statistics of the height of anxiety, which we've talked about that in the, the past couple podcasts. Um, you see a height of anxiety. You see the height of just um, having to be connected 
And we, we see this with social media and it's not just our teenagers, but it's, it's our parents, it's grandparents who are, who are just connected. And you see, like you said, the opioid epidemic, you see people just searching for something. And in fact, statistics show that this is the most spiritual generation, yeah. but the furthest away from the church. And so obviously, like you said, there is a search for something and I see it as, as well as you do, um, as there is this search for something that's bigger than ourselves. And we want to look for that. And we want to be a part of that. And we at Susquehanna Valley want to help people find that in Christ. And so Matt, what were your thoughts on, on uh, what we're going to talk about today? You know, sh- letting people know about this thing that is bigger than ourselves, this guy named Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because w- you mentioned, we've got a culture that's searching for something and the reality is the culture is not the only one searching. God God is searching for us as well and reaching out to us and, mm-hmm. and trying to make a connection with us. And the scriptures make that abundantly clear that God's um, seeking us out. And, and so what does it look like for us as a church to join him in those efforts? Yeah. To say, we want to be a church that seeks for people. I remember as a kid, um, in fact, we just had some kids playing hide and seek around here earlier today. Um, and it was kind of funny because one of them had been hiding for a long time and the others <laughs> had started playing football. <laughs> totally forgot that he was hiding. They just gave up and he was just hiding in the corner. It's so, so mean. <laughs> but it's funny at the same time. I'm laughing at a lot. I'm laughing at like snow planes and flights and kids you think i'm like gosh dude you're supposed to be a pastor i know (laughs) maybe i'm scarred because when i was a kid we played hide and seek in a church and uh my buddy danny and i we we looked and looked for a place to hide that was like the pinnacle of hiding we were we we were in junior high and, and we wanted to like have the ultimate spot and we found it in the church utility room on top of the church uh, furnace. Yes. And yep. like, so nobody, like, first of all, you had to cut yourself climbing up like sheet metal to even get there. <laughs> and we literally hid there for like an hour and a half until we could like hear them playing the next group game mm-hmm. later in the evening. And we're like, Oh, maybe, maybe they just like forgot about us. <laughs> just completely forgot. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and so we were talking about this and it made me think about like, you know, we've got a society filled with people who are lost, and I just hope we never stop looking. Yeah. I, I hope we never give up. I hope there's never a contentment to say, oh, we can't find people, so we're just going to go on and, and play another game or do another thing. You see it throughout history. You see it through through culture. And I was listening to a pastor um, by the name of Tim Keller, um, who is he's a phenomenal preacher and, and an amazing author, and he talks about how culturally – we have we always try to find something within our identity to fulfill us and he uses this idea of the the warrior who his identity is being a relentless full of anger person and that's how he is he's treated with this respect and honor and he, he is uh, seems to be fulfilled through that. But now you look at society and that's not okay. It's not okay to, you, exactly. people would say, go see a therapist, dude, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's interesting to see that this is not a new subject. And, no. and just like Matt was saying, I hope that you all, uh, continue, even if you know, Christ continue to, to reach after him and keep searching because he is such a big and mysterious God and he is revealing himself consistently um, 
just keep looking for that. Yeah. The Christian life is really a, a pursuit, um, a, a dual pursuit. It's a pursuit of God and a pursuit of uh, relating and connecting to others to reach them for Christ. So you're saying like, love God and love your neighbor. I love, yeah. Love God. We could say love God, love people. Oh yeah. I wonder where you got that from. I don't know. It's on, it's on the church somewhere. Oh yeah. Well, and so to kind of give some, some framing to our discussion, spend some time today looking at John one, where um, if we're if we're sent people right, because uh, we think God sends us on a mission, you've got in John one Jesus sent on a mission. You've got John the Baptist sent on a mission. So just figured we could kind of look at a few thoughts from that, a few verses from that, and uh, and catch some uh, some excitement and some some direction for what that means for us. Right? Yeah. You uh, as we were preparing for this, um, it's funny. Like you showed me. John one and you're talking about outreach and reaching other people. And I was like, John one. Yeah. <laughs> Re- like really, you're not going to go ahead and talk about the, the great commandment and, and, you know, reach the world for, for Jesus and go to the ends of Judea and Samaria and, and in the end of Jesus's life, but you go to the very beginning of John's gospel. Why, why did you go there? Yeah. Because I think if we understand that God was sent for us to us, then there's a part of a, that well, his love compels us then to say, like, if he came after me, then maybe I should go after others and try to love them and build relationships with them. Yeah. So so just kind of looking like, hey, he made that initial attempt to connect with us. And certainly as God didn't have to, you could have not endured pain and hunger and stress and, and everything that humans struggle with. But he did that to love us. And so so looking at John 1 then saying, well, what was his example? Uh, and, and so the first thing is just the idea that we are sent. You know, John, John 1, 6, uh, there was a man talking about John the, uh, John the Baptist who was sent from God. John 1, 11, Jesus came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. So there's an intentionality behind their life. Um, and so, kind of, when we say intentionality, that's like a, a buzzword at church. We say that a lot, all the time. What does that? What like? What does that mean? Yeah, intentionality. Um, I'm I, I'm really bad at defining things because I usually end up using the word that <laughs> to define. But it, it means define kind of. Well, Con, I'm Connor. I'm Connor. <laughs> um, but it means being purposeful in your actions. Um, so if I'm going to be intentional on loving my wife. I'm going to do the things that she sees to be love. So one of her big things, um, my wife Mackenzie loves to, uh, have the dishes cleaned and the house cleaned for her. Sure. So I'm going to be intentional. So I'm going to set an alarm every Saturday at, you know, noon to clean the, the apartment yeah. that is being detailed and having, uh, an action plan, if you will. Um, which I think a lot of the times Christians can sometimes see the Christian culture can see it as, you know what, I'm just going to be spirit led, whatever God puts before me. But God has put these things before us to, to use for our advantage. So goal setting is a good thing. Do you oh, see yeah. Jesus setting goals all the time? And so when we're talking about being an intentional and sharing the gospel, we have to make a game plan, if you will, to uh, go out into the world. So who are you going to out reach out to? Who are you going to possibly bring the church, invite to lunch, things like that? Have an idea in your head. 
Yeah, and so for me, the most in, the things I am most intentional about, you know, you know what's true of them? I write stuff down. Yep, in the calendar, Google wow. Calendar. Yeah, or or type it or whatever. Type you, it up. You, you have a, a like a physical representation of it that you can go to, and um, and what what I think that does is it, is it sets about a reminder to us mm-hmm. that this is not something that I want to think is important one time. I want to think this is important every time that I come across it. So let me ask you this: What are some practices, maybe that you? It, it, maybe you do them now. Maybe you used to do them, but they were really helpful to keep you um, accountable and intentional in in either sharing your faith or um, your, in your relationship with God. Yeah, I, and so let me say, like initially, how I started out because I'm at the point now where, like, total God has just laid this on my heart as a huge passion, mm-hmm. and so it's just overflown, and, and I'm looking for the chances all the time. But initially, it was more like. You've got to you've got to put this at the top of your to do list. So like I would literally put the names of people that I mm. wanted to be intentional about being sent to, and, and I'd put that right at the top of, of the names, you, of the top of the to do list. Do you want to talk share with the people? Um, I remember you telling me a story. I think you were at camp. And, and I don't know, maybe you shared this on a podcast already, but you wrote down names and you prayed for them. Do you remember that story? I think you shared yeah. with that with the, the staff before. Yeah, there, there was a camp um, and this isn't necessarily about evangelism, but it, it speaks to it speaks to that intentionality where uh, I went to a camp and I didn't really know anybody there. I was, mm-hmm. I was the new student. This was a college trip. Um, and just not really connecting with a bunch of people. So like, I just decided I'm going to, I'm going to learn one thing about every person here. Like God, you can teach me something through each one of these people and I'm going to pray for them, you know, for, for something else. So I'm going to learn one thing and I'm going to pray for things. That is, that could be easily used for evangelism. Uh, Absolutely. hundred percent. Um, whether that's somebody that you're, somebody at work or somebody, one of your friends or somebody new at church, you know, if you're, if you attend SVC, we, um, we, the one thing I love about our church, um, there's many things I love about our church, but the one thing is, and you'll hear this from a lot of people who have recently been coming and have joined our churches. We're really welcoming. Yeah. And that is, and I love that. And I want to challenge our church to take that next step yeah. of being intentional of, of that follow up or even getting to know that person. Maybe it's that one thing that they know. Maybe it's that one issue that they're having in their life, or maybe it's that, you know, whatever it is, that one detail that you can then go home and whether by yourself with a spouse, with your family, with your friends, with your small group, Pray for them. And I know that can seem like, man, I'm not doing that much, but you're letting God take the wheel in, in this life change. And, and it is, I have seen incredible things happen when I just write names down and I pray for them. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, you don't have to write them down, but it's just a cool way of saying, you know what? I'm going to look back on this and I can see where that person was when I started praying for them yeah. and then see them days, weeks, months, years later. Absolutely. And it's all within that mentality of we're sent mm-hmm. to people to encourage them and to reach them for Christ. Yep. hundred percent. So we're sent. The second thing that jumped out 
is um, it's just like the question, the idea of what should be characteristic, characteristically true of us. And John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh, made its dwelling among us. Uh, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And there, that's a huge statement we could really spend a lot of time on, but we're going to focus in on that last phrase there, that Christ came full of grace and truth. And I find we tend to be either full of grace or full of mm-hmm. truth. Christ is, Christ is both. Um, and, and so then, like, that's true of him characteristically. Like, if you met Jesus and he was walking around, he'd be like, man, that guy is full of grace and he's still full of truth. It's just, it's, it would exude from him. Um, and so then my question for us is, if you were to meet a believer in Christ, and maybe you just, that's all you know about them, that they shared the same faith, what would you assume to be true of them or what should be true of them? You don't know anything else about them. You just know they know Jesus. What should be true of them? They should be really, really nice. Okay. <laughs> and, and I, I, I kind of kid about that, but you should be very kind and gentle. Um, we talked a little bit about that um, the last podcast I was on um, about gentleness. I mean, we should have this this warm embrace of it doesn't matter who you are, what you look like, where you've been, yeah. that I'm going to embrace you with this this warm hospitality. So hospitable, I guess, would be um, more so. We have some really, really hospitable people here at SVC, um, especially the ladies in our front office. Man, they, they can make people just feel like they're at home, sure, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, I, and so then let me throw in another one. I think they should assume that that person is safe. Mm. What do you mean by that? Safe, I mean, I mean, like they're not looking to like judge them. Um, they're not looking to like you know figure out what's wrong with that person. Or if they do make a mistake, they're assuming that that person is going to be forgiving. Mm. Yeah, I think here's a big thing that we as a culture of, of believers need to get away from people are not projects. Yeah. People are not projects. You should not go into relationships or these being this, this act of being sent out to have this idea of I'm going to change this person. Cause in reality, you are not the person that is changing their lives. Yeah. You are you are being sent so that you can send the message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Um, so you cannot be the one to fix them, um, but you can share that truth through grace. Yeah. And so people, but people cannot be projects. You should go in with the intentionality of loving that person. Exactly. And letting Christ grow them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think of growth, like, uh, I think it's Miles Sanford in, Sprint, in Principles of Spiritual Growth talks about growth and he compares it to an oak tree where an oak tree, like you look at this magnificent you picture you got an oak tree that's been there like 80 years. It's, it's probably, you can't even get your arms around it. And, uh, you say, well, where did it start? It started as an acorn yep. and you don't necessarily hold an acorn and look at that and say, Oh, look at the potential in that. But it really is there. Mm-hmm. And it's all, uh, it's all within that. And then it's just gotta be, you know, planted in the soil in the right conditions, it's gonna, but it's going to take time. It's going to take time. And I'm going to go to, of course, uh, the, the best team in football, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, just kidding. They're terrible. Um, are they still in the NFL? I thought yeah. maybe they <laughs> who knows anymore. They, they got demoted. I don't know. After Jameis Winston stole those 
those crab legs. I don't know. I think they Ouch. kicked them out. <laughs> um, I'm still a diehard Bucks fan. But anyways, so when they won the, the 2002 Super Bowl, which I hang on to very tightly, obviously. Um, 16 years. 17 years <laughs> 17 ago. Years ago. <laughs> um, their phrase that year was pound the rock. And what they mean by that was kind of like chipping away at the rock. And, and I picture if you get four yards on every football play, you're going to win. I guess. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to get a first down every time. And then you'll have, and, and, but it's going to take time and you're chipping the rock every time. And then I see it. Um, there's those big, you know, when you get that big chunk of rock off of those big moments where maybe that person really needs you or they're actually l- listening to the things you have to say about Jesus. Or, you know what? I've had plenty of conversations with non-believers that don't don't necessarily have the the name Jesus in it, but it has what he has taught me through life in there. And, and I think that is something that we need to be very very strategic on and intentional on that it doesn't always have to be a uh, a christian conversation but it's just getting to know that person yeah so i think the character trait you're talking about there is a, is a patient oh yeah um and we we talked about this uh, as a staff the other day this balance between patience and urgency where we want to be patient as people are coming to know Christ, but at the same time we recognize an urgency where we're not here forever. Yep. And so you got to absolutely be tuned into what God's trying to teach you in the moment and how He's He's showing you. So, so I think when you say that, um, it makes me. I might sound like I contradict myself here, but um, as I said, people are not projects, but there should be. A, a, a goal of sharing the gospel with them at some point, whether it is bringing them to church, introducing them to a community, praying for them. It's not just about having that relationship, if that makes sense, but it is about sharing the gospel in some way, shape or form with them. Yeah, I don't. And I don't, I'm not trying to lay a big guilt trip with this, but I don't yes. see how you can read the scriptures and see how Jesus ends up being the answer to everything that we long for, for all eternity, that we're going to be in a perfect kingdom with him forever. None of what has caused us any anxiety or any stress is going to be there. And we're going to be there for all eternity. I don't see how we can look at somebody who's not a believer in Christ and be okay with them not being there. I always said, you know, this is, I've been saying this since I I was saved, um, which was at a, as a 16 year old boy who really didn't know the Bible very well, but was very in love with Jesus. If you love somebody, you want them to know the greatest love in the world. And God is love. Yeah, absolutely. And, and now within that, there's a wisdom that says, if I just, if I just go up and say, Hey, you need to know Jesus right now, that might not be the most effective way. So we're, we're within that. So we've got patience, we've got urgency and we've got strategy mm-hmm. all, and, or you could say wisdom if you wisdom. don't like strategy, whatever. Or discernment as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all kind of, it all kind of dances together. Um, but at the end of the day, what we need to get to is John one fifteen, where, um, it says John testified concerning him. Uh, so John the baptized testified concerning Jesus. And this is what he said. He said, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me surpassed me because he was before me. Like we need to be that people who go, this is the one. Mm. 
this is this is him this is jesus everything points to him and and so yeah there's patience yeah there's wisdom but there's still an urgency that this is that we need people to know the one and and it's not even i i wouldn't even say it's an urgency of like oh an earthquake's happening a volcano's coming like a, a natural disaster urgency it is a celebration like this is the one like there there is i would say um for a believer and and this is not may not be everybody's personality but there should be some sort of zeal or excitement um for jesus when i think of that i think of uh i believe it's philippians 4 7 rejoice i say it again rejoice and i think of and, and there's exclamation points at the end of those rejoices and i just think of Man, we should have be, be so thrilled and so excited about who God is and what he has done for us. That looks different for everybody. Some of you who are going to be like me are going to be, you know, doing the Macarena and screaming and jumping up and down. Uh, other you are going to be boring like Matt and say, yay, Jesus. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't think anybody does a Macarena anymore, but whatever. <laughs> Yeah, if you if you come to Susquehanna Valley Church, you, you might be tired of me saying this because I say it a lot. But uh, we as Christians, we've we've only got one one line in the Bible where we say anything, um, and, and that might maybe that catches you off guard as an odd thought. But um, the Book of Revelation is written about a time that's yet to take place, and you got Revelation chapter twenty two, which is kind of this ushering in of all eternity, where everything bad has been done and everything new is with Christ in the new heaven, new earth. And we've got a line. We have, we have, it says, Revelations 22, 17, the spirit and the bride. Well, who's the bride? The bride's the church, right? So this is future us talking to present us, mm. which is pretty crazy to think about that. And that hurts my things. brain. It does. It does. But this is what, what we say. It says, um, the spirit and the bride say, come and let the one who hears say, come, let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. And in that moment, what future us is telling us now is there's only one thing that really, really matters mm-hmm. that people find Jesus Christ. Amen to that. And, and, and so this is like, if I often ask like young adults, um, like, Hey, what do you think you would say to yourself? Like, you know, 30 years from now, if you were giving yourself advice, like if you were 50, 60 years old, what do you think you would tell yourself? You know, just, just imagine like, this is that. This is you sharing all eternity's worth of wisdom with yourself. And what do you say to yourself? Hey, show people the way to Christ. That's what this is about. So that, that's to me was where that urgency comes. We're there. We're in the party, so to speak. And we're like, man, we should have invited more people to the party. Mm. Yep. Um, so, so he is the one. Connor, within that, um, what, are, what are things that we want non-believers to find in Jesus when they show up here to learn about him. What do we, what do we want Ooh. them to find? What do we want people to find in Jesus? I think a lot of the things that we are saying, what do we find in a believer? Because we, we are to reflect Christ um, in every way possible that we can. But I hope when people come here that they, even something small, like they know it's something's different here. They've tried everything. They've tried achieving they've tried what they call success they've tried all these things and they come here and there's something different and i hope that difference is that uh, that as simple as love that love that jesus 
is is showing through his bride, the church, through us. Um, and so I hope when a non-believer comes that they are just so overwhelmed with love and joy that they, they can't resist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. Absolutely. And so in other words, we hope, uh, I guess we could say we hope that 1 Corinthians 13 mm. is not a wedding wedding reading <laughs> oh, to man. them. We hope it's an experience. Yeah. That they walk in and they feel like they're like, man, this place is 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. Yeah, this is what... Uh, I, part of being in the culture that we are in, and you kind of touched on this at the very beginning of, man, people just want to kind of hate on Christianity, kind of want to yeah. put that to the side. Um, being in youth ministry, and, and like I said before, we're in a generation that Christianity is not popular anymore by any means. And so I, I want this skeptic to walk in here and be so overwhelmed that they cannot deny that God is, they can't say that he's not real. Yeah, and and I think intellectually that person is like they've made up their mind, mm-hmm. and so maybe we got to reach them through their heart. Hundred percent. And I want, I think the other part of you know we see a lot of um, well we hear a lot of things about what Christians are, and and, and you you think of uh, when people say oh well Christians are hypocritical, they're judgmental, they're this, they're that. You can probably name some things um, within your small group, but what are the things that Jesus actually exemplifies? Yeah. None of those things. Jesus is a, a man of love. He's a man of justice. He's a man of seeking after the people who are, who are hurting and who are a poor in spirit, who are mourning and all of those things. And, and I hope my prayer is for for my ministry and for this church that we reveal to people who the real Jesus is, not yeah. what the rest of the world thinks Jesus is. Right, right, absolutely, and we want them to know the one, the one. Yep, the one. There's only one. Um, and John John one eighteen. Then, and we'll kind of wrap up talking about this one. Um, uh, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is Himself God, and is in closest relationship with the father has made him known that God has made himself known to us. And so where does that leave us in in this whole process? And simply put, like, I think he made himself known to us and now it's, it's our responsibility to follow him, to make him known to others. It's like you were saying earlier about the whole hide and seek deal. Uh, We, we don't just stop when, when we get this love. We don't just stop playing when it's boring or when we're, when we're done playing, right? Or when we're found because we were it. Yeah. We, since we've received this love and we've received this blessing, now it's our turn to yeah. share that with the rest of the world. Yeah, and the principle in the scripture is that God never blesses us just to enjoy and absorb a blessing. Mm. Like the blessing is always meant to, you could you could say pay it forward, or it's meant to have an influence beyond itself. And so if God blesses me, his intentionality behind that is that then I would likewise turn and look to who I could bless with that. Yeah, I've seen from my own life and and, in my perspective, I've seen people who have gotten blessings and they've just kept it to themselves and they're some of the loneliest people in the world. And then you see somebody who has a lot, 
maybe they have a lot financially, they have a lot of friends, um, and they have a wonderful opportunity to include others, to bless others. And I just see the joy that that person had, the blesser and the yeah. blessee, and to see that that them join together in this celebration of joy. And there's nothing like it. There is not, and that's what the church is, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we're supposed to be. And it's a beautiful picture of what, uh, what God wants for his, for his people, for his church to just come together and enjoy his blessing and, and praise him through that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's that mentality to say, I've been amazingly blessed by God. Um, so, so how can I, how can I move that forward? You know, that's a part of being intentional, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Write it down and. And figure out, hey, this is the person that I'm going to try and be a blessing to and point to Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, we as a church have, have this uh, uh, sort of this goal in front of us, uh, two, three, four, where over the next two years, we want to reach three people for Christ. And obviously, we can't force anybody to love Jesus. But man, that we, we want that to be on our heart. That at the end of the day, like, I hope my life has led to somebody else being in the kingdom with us forever. Amen. Amen to that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we're going to give you some stuff to talk about with your group, uh, you know, that write it down stuff. We'd love for you to talk about who are the people in your life that you feel God has placed you around to reach. You know, he doesn't send other people there. I remember when I was a kid, I used to think like, man, if my youth pastor could come and be (laughs) friends with my friends, they'd all love Jesus. Get that all the time. Yeah. So, and by the way, Connor, I need you to go to my kid's school. Oh, okay. No. Um, See you guys later. <laughs> um, no, God has sent us into the world. We bear that honor. We bear that responsibility. We bear that, that privilege. And so um, let's be open in our group and talk about who they are and pray for them. And and if yeah. I may, you know, don't see this as a, a burden. See this as an opportunity of, of joy and to... You, you get the opportunity to share the King of Kings with somebody and change their life forever. Like I know for me, I used to think that that was a burden and, and could be another thing on my plate, but man, this is something now I look forward to. And the more and more you continue to be intentional and, and be disciplined in this area, it, it turns into a joy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I love that joy concept where um, it's not just the responsibility, but I mean, there's really nothing better in life than to see somebody else worship Christ. Mm. Yeah, I, I just think it's awesome. So we'd love to uh, love to have you guys follow up on that and, and talk about that in your group. Um, the other thing is uh, we want you to come up with one, one way each of you can be part of a welcoming church. Because uh, we want to be a welcoming church. We want to be a church where people come in and they feel that First Corinthians 13. So it's one practical way you can be First Corinthians 13 love to somebody who's a guest to our church. Tom Rainier, Tom Rainier writes a book, uh, How to Become a Welcoming Church. Hey, if, you, if you're coming to our church and you, and you want that, like, we'll get it for you. Mm-hmm. We'll get you a copy of that book. We'll get it in your hands. We ordered a ton of them. We gave them to like all the ushers and all the elders. And we just wanted them to have an understanding of what it means to have a welcoming church. And uh, he simply asked a question um, in how to become a welcoming, welcoming church. Would you return to a place where you did not feel welcome? The answer is no. No. Um, <laughs> and what comes to my mind, as, as typically does, is food-related stories. 
where mm. like i remember going to a sub shop which was reputed to have like the best subs in the area and i like a good sub mm-hmm. and i went in and you know there were some employees doing some things behind the counter and i could tell that they were busy doing things back there but like they didn't look up um and so i'm like just kind of looking at the menu that's on the wall they didn't look up at all and i'm standing there and i'm kind of like well this is awkward because i'm trying to you know order my lunch and they're not even looking and And i'm hungry yeah absolutely i'm totally hangry in this story yeah i believe it yeah um and then it goes on for like five ten minutes and i'm like okay so i i just don't even feel like I'm supposed to, like they don't even want to sell me a sandwich. <laughs> They'd prefer to not make me a sandwich. Is my conclusion. <laughs> uh, so I left, and I and I never went back. Never went back. Really? Yeah, I just didn't feel welcomed. Huh? Yeah, and, and so like I just hope we're a church where we don't ignore people. And I know sometimes we're afraid, like maybe I already met that person. Well, so what? You know, better to risk offending them that way. Yeah, and it, it yeah, I I run into a situation where I'm like, I don't remember their name. That's okay. Go up to them and say, introduce yourself and and just be welcoming to them. I mean, it's it's better to, to ask and say something and look like a buffoon sometimes uh, than not saying anything at all. In youth ministry, we we, we have this this phrase of called uh, be awkward, mm. not not just like be awkward. We don't want everybody just being Did awkward. They name that after you. Yeah, okay. this is this is okay. like the Connor. Did your wife give them that? I think. <laughs> How did you know? I feel like you're in my brain right now. (laughs) Um, So this idea of being awkward, one of the more awkward things in life is going up to them and saying, hi, my name is so-and-so, what's yours? It is very uncomfortable going up to them for the first time. And so for my leaders and my students who are older, I say, be awkward for them so that that person doesn't have to feel awkward. Mm. And there, there is such, I've seen such fruit from that. So, uh, Susquehanna Valley church and whoever's listening to this be awkward. Yeah. I love that. Connor, we've got to be awkward sometimes to be able to, to be what God wants to other people. Third thing we want you to talk about. All right. We want you to read first Corinthians 13, the love passage, but we want you to read it from the perspective of not, this is husband and wife and flowery Mm. love and wedding vows. We want you to read this from the perspective of this is who God was to me. And this is who God wants me to be to the people in my life. So first Corinthians 13, love to the people that you just talked about that you're trying to, you know, see, uh, see come to Christ. How can you be first Corinthians 13 to them? So love to have you check that out. And thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank you all so much for checking out our podcast. Again, like Matt said at the beginning, we have plenty of other podcasts, some awesome interviews the past two weeks. If you like this podcast, uh, an awesome way for us to get this out would be for you to uh, subscribe it first. So, you know, when we have a new podcast out, um, no matter where, if you listen to it on Spotify or Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, we post this on Facebook um, and in Instagram. If you guys, could just give us a share give us a like shoot this over to somebody that you think man they could really really hear this message or this would be really impactful for them um that would be awesome we want as many people to hear this podcast because we want as many people to hear the gospel as possible so thank you for tuning in and we appreciate you all hope you all have an awesome day take it easy